The Nonprofit Happy Hour, a weekly look at Portland's nonprofits and do gooders with interviews, music, and documentaries. You're listening to the Nonprofit Happy Hour on X Ray FM, brought to you by the Media Institute for Social Change, a public interest media lab that works to inspire, empower, and engage emerging media producers. Learn more online at mediamakingchange.org. I'm Rachel Miller Howard. On today's show, we bring you a conversation on nonprofit art spaces and modern photography with Lisa DeGrace, who is the executive director of Blue Sky Gallery. This is Phil Bussey. It's the Nonprofit Happy Hour on X-Ray FM. I am in the studio today with Lisa DeGrace, who is the executive director for Blue Sky Gallery. We thought it was a great idea to bring in visual arts for a radio program. <laughs> How are you doing today? I'm okay, thanks. So talk, tell, tell us about Blue Sky Gallery just in terms of it's a photography gallery. And, and for somebody who hasn't been there before, uh, where is it located? Uh, and a bit of what is the specialty? Yeah, so uh, Blue Sky is a 43-year-old uh, nonprofit photography gallery, all photography all the time. Uh, we are located, for the past 11 years, we've been located on the Northwest Park Blocks um, in the DeSoto Building, along with other a uh, couple of their galleries, including uh, Hartman Gallery in Ogden and Froelich, and now the Oregon Jewish Museum. So it's really... Um, intended to be a sort of arts hub. We're right down the street from PNCA too, so uh, it's really a really vibrant community. And and, and I, I want to talk a bit more about just the, the, the lay of the land with Blue Sky Gallery, but let's talk about why 11 years ago uh, Blue Sky moved there. I mean, that, that was at that point, First Thursday was, was getting its legs or already had it, had, had by legs, that at yeah. that point. And was that the motivation to move no, I mean the motivation to move was was just the sheer practicality of owning a space and the moment in time where we had supporters who uh, believed in us and believed in the visual arts and wanted to make it happen. So we had been renting for years and years um, up on uh, 13th and Hoyt, had a really great space there, um, uh, but supporters just decided that they really came to us really and said we think you should have a permanent home and you know here's how we're going to make it happen and uh, i mean and obviously there was fundraising and all of that that happened and um great foundation support but uh it was really the community that made it happen and we do feel enormously grateful because i am quite certain we would not be around without owning our own space because it's you know it's the hot topic or one of the big topics right now in the arts is the unaffordability of space and so that we own our space our survival is because of that so we're really lucky and i, I want to talk about so so blue sky gallery is a non-profit mm -hmm. and that's that's not that's not normal necessarily if, <laughs> well, if i can thank you. <laughs> uh why why was it formed as a non-profit and how does that affect operations so we do have like one of those charming portland stories that probably couldn't happen anymore but so we were founded in 1975 we had five co-founders you know and they have this like sort of story about like using their unemployment checks to pay the rent they were um sharing a space up on northwest 23rd 
at, in their first location. Um, so they just started tiny and basically they wanted to get um, NEA grants, which at the time were um, more accessible pre-Jesse Helms. Um, so they just, you know, quickly decided to become a nonprofit and did that paperwork within their first year. So I think um, that was by 1976, we were a nonprofit. I think it just seemed like the most practical approach to survival. Um, what it does for us today is that it allows us, you know, most for-profit galleries rely um, exclusively on sales to keep alive. Um, whereas we get to rely on foundation support, on individual donors, and those kinds of things to um, stay alive in addition to sales. And it allows us a freedom. We don't have to necessarily pick, you know, the hottest uh, thing going. We can, we can be more supportive of younger artists or emerging artists or mid-career artists who uh, might not otherwise get shown. And, and and to to be a little bit challenging on that idea, I mean, it certainly provides a freedom, but does it also provide any restrictions in terms of you have a board of directors that uh, ostensibly are there for administrative purposes, but I also imagine want to step in sometimes for artistic sensibilities? Yeah, yes, but no. Um, our board is actually very specifically set up so that they don't have any artistic control and actually ultimately I don't have artistic control um, as the executive director we have um, an ex exhibition committee that's a volunteer committee that selects all the work um, so it was really purposely signed up just like as you're saying to to avoid um, one voice or one uh, particularly an sort of administrative voice to sort of uh, take control of the artistic reins so I mean, and is that an interesting balance because you have uh, a group that is steering things administratively but then has to be in the passenger seat artistically? I mean, are there ever meetings, if you can share stories, if there are ever meetings that people come in and they're like, oh, boy, I just did not like that last exhibit. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, definitely people always have feelings uh, one way or another. You know, um, everybody gets one vote, including me, um, and, you know, it is one of the more interesting conversations that we have because obviously we look at work digitally um, just to consider whether or not we're going to show it. And um, so then eventually, it you know, if we accept it, it ends up on the walls. And, and just that moment of sort of saying, like, is this what I saw in either a positive or, you know, occasionally a negative way. Um, but usually it's it's a more positive experience. Usually whatever you saw digitally is, you know, of course, 15 times better in, in person. Um, but definitely we have conversations about, um, you know, sort of look at the work that's in the room right now and sort of consider where, uh, where we're going, you know, and what does this work say about what we're doing and where we're going and where we want to be. Can you categorize the style or the themes that Blue Sky seems to curate? You know, looking at what has been there and, and visiting Blue Sky before, this is not an, this is not Ansel Adams. Yeah, um, when we go to um, photo jurying um, on occasion, uh, Chris Rauschenberg, our, uh, one of our co-founders and the board president, frequently goes. Um, that's one of the things he'll say to people is, you know, you can bring me anything you want to look at. Generally, we don't do landscapes unless it's sort of a topical landscape, like... Um, 
So it's a landscape, but talking about an environmental issue or a social or political issue. Um, same for portraits, like we don't tend to do just sort of a straight portrait, sort of a more commercial portrait, but we do actually, we've been doing a lot of portraits where again, it's kind of, you know, like what's the story behind that community or that person? Um, uh, and so I think that's, I mean, cause that's a huge focus right now in Portland and, you know, the, in the arts world in general. So, um, but yeah, I, I think that some folks would say, especially, you know, in our 43 year history, some folks would say like, well, they tend towards more sort of not photojournalistic, but that kind of work. And I think we're really, this one of the things that we're really trying to do right now is um, sort of ex expand the viewpoint just remain relevant um, and make sure that we're really showing um, everything that's happening in photography, which um, particularly with like sort of use of medium, you know, so photo yeah. doesn't have to be just a photo that you looked at and took. It can be like a photo that's then manipulated somehow and turned in, you know, to something else. And th this is obviously a, a question that can't be answered in the time span that we have, but photography has clearly changed over the 43 years, uh, challenges and opportunities with that. I, I mean, are you finding that there are more people who fancy themselves photographers now and there are more submissions? Is it less of an exclusive field now that everybody has a, a camera and a studio in their pocket? Um, you know, or, or is, is that not happening and it still is the... Uh, same self-selected group that is that is applying for photographs. Yeah, it's such a great question, um, and I think we're sort of trying to answer it on a daily ba basis on some level. Um, but I think um, definitely, I, I feel like there's a greater interest in and acceptance of photography because everyone has a camera in their pocket, or many, many, many people have a camera in their pocket. Um, so that definitely changes things. We actually haven't seen a huge increase in applications, which which is interesting. Um, we definitely have seen several um, exhibitions that are iPhone-based, so that's something new, and I think folks didn't necessarily see that one coming. Um, we sometimes see folks who have less of a experience in actually printing work because, you know, perhaps they're iPhone based or digitally based and they haven't and you know they haven't um, done a lot of printing of exhibitions and then I guess um, really the thing that I see changing the most or um, growing the most is this idea of straight photography so to speak meaning like I see something happening I take a photo of it versus uh, photography that where you're using photography as a medium so one of our artists um, last April, uh, Irvin A. Johnson, he would take portraits of people, African-American people. He would then print out these huge prints of them and, um, and remove color and with solvents and with bleach and, and um, all sorts of things. And then, and then, bring color and pigment and life back into the portrait. And, you know, really as a reflection on Black Lives Matter and on just all the all the killings that are happening right now. Um, 
So that's just, you know, that's definitely non-traditional, um, but that is what's happening more and more and definitely what we're interested in making sure we're including those voices as well as that tradition more traditional approach lisa de grace is the executive director for blue sky gallery and you brought in a laurie anderson song yeah um laurie anderson for me, the song's another day in america and uh laurie anderson is like the first composer who really inspired me as a composer, I actually have a music background, so I just love everything about her. And this song is like a long, dark meditation on the state of American affairs. Sounds like a real pick-me-up. Yeah. <laughs> Let's take a listen. So finally, here we are at the beginning of a whole new era, the start of a brand new world. And now what? How do we start? How do we begin again? There are some things you can simply look up such as the size of Greenland, the dates of the famous 19th century rubber wars, Persian adjectives, the composition of snow, and other things you just have to guess at. And then again, today is the day, and those were the days, and now these are the days. And now the clock points histrionically to noon. Some new kind of north. And so, which way do we go? What are days for? To wake us up. To put between the endless night. And by the way, here's my theory of punctuation. Instead of a period at the end of each sentence, there should be a tiny clock that shows you how long it took you to write that sentence. And another way to look at time is this. There was an old married couple, and they had always hated each other never been able to stand the sight of each other, really. And when they were in their 90s, they finally got divorced. And people said, Why did you wait so long? Why didn't you do this a whole lot earlier? 
And they said, Well, we wanted to wait until the children died. Ah, America. And yes, that will be America. A whole new place. Just waiting to happen. Broken up parking lots. Rotten dumps. Speedballs, accidents, and hesitation. Things left behind. Styrofoam. Computer chips. Jim and John, oh, they were there. And Carol, too, her hair pinned up in that weird beehive way she loved so much. And Craig and Phil moving at the pace of summer. And Uncle Al, who screamed all night in the attic. Yes, something happened to him in the war, they said, over in France. And France had become something we never mentioned. Something... dangerous. Yes, some were sad to see those days disappear. The flea markets and their smells. The war. All the old belongings strewn out on the sidewalks. Mildewed clothes and old resentments and ragged record jackets. And ah, these days. All these days. What are days for? To wake us up. To put between the endless night. And meanwhile, all over town, checks are bouncing and accounts are being automatically closed. Passwords are expiring. And everyone's counting and comparing and predicting, will it be the best of times? Will it be the worst of times? Or will it just be another one of those times? Show of hands, please. This world, which like Kierkegaard said, can only be understood when lived backwards. Which would entail an incredible amount of planning and confusion. And then there are those big questions always at the back of your mind. Things like, are those two people over there actually my real parents? Should I get a second Prius? And you, you who can be silent in four languages. Your silence will be considered your consent.
Ah, but those were the days before the audience. And what the audience wanted. And what the audience said it wanted. And you know the reason I really love the stars? Is that we cannot hurt them. We can't burn them or melt them or make them overflow. We can't flood them or blow them up or turn them out. But we are reaching for them. We are reaching for them. Some say our empire is passing. As all empires do. And others haven't a clue what time it is or where it goes or even where the clock is. Oh, the majesty of trees. An unstoppable train. Different colored wonderlands. Freedom of speech and sex with strangers. Dear old God. May I call you old? And may I ask, who are these people? Ah, America. We saw it. We tipped it over. And then we sold it. These are the things I whisper softly to my doll. Those heartless little thugs, dressed in calico kilts and jaunty hats, and their perpetual white, toothy smiles. And oh, my brothers. And oh, my sisters. What are days for? Days are where we live. The flow and then the flow. They come, they fade, they go and they go. No way to know exactly when they start or when their time is up. Oh, another day. Another dime. Another day in America. Another day, another dollar. Another day, in America. And all my brothers, and all my long lost sisters. How do we begin again? How do we begin?
This is the nonprofit Happy Hour on X-Ray FM. This is Phil Bussey. I am joined by with uh, Lisa DeGrace, who is Executive Director for Blue Sky Gallery. Let's talk a little bit about uh, your background. You have a long history in nonprofit management, Director of Foundation Relationships at the Museum of Contemporary Craft and PNCA. Um, uh, let's start with, with uh, are you an artist or an administrator? Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think, I, I guess I believe that to be a good nonprofit administrator, you have to, in the arts, you have to either be an artist or have a deep passion for the arts. Um, one of the interesting things for me as a nonprofit person is that most of my work um, in nonprofits has been focused on the visual arts, and I myself am a performing artist, um, and I've, I've never worked in a performing arts organization, and I'm totally okay with that. I really love t talking about the visual arts. I am a terrible visual artist. I have no skills. Um, we have photographers at Blue Sky. They come and they like want to be my Instagram friend, and which is fine. But like, what they discover is you know dorky pictures of my cat. Basically, <laughs> they do not find you know well refined photography on my Instagram page. So um, yeah, so I think it's just the passion for it, and um, maybe the sort of uh, left brain right brain balance of sort of being able to sort of do the business of the arts, but also being sensitive to the creativity of the arts and the, the human beings in the arts and making sure that they're cared for as much as possible. How have you seen arts administration change over your uh, tenure here in Portland? You know, people kind of like on the outside, so to speak, like everyone always thinks that like, the arts are somehow going to magically be, be taken care of because Nike is here in town or Adidas is here in town or Intel's here in town. And, you know, that's, and either the corporations themselves or the people who work for those corporations are somehow magically going to keep us all afloat. And I am here to tell you that that is not true. And I don't mean that as a criticism of any of those organizations. I just mean to say that, like, all the influx of new people is not necessarily um, resulting yet in a lot of new interest or it's slow work. Um, for me, I think the way that I've always looked to make nonprofits survive is um, through collaboration um, and really sometimes really slow one-on-one -on -one relationship building. It's small work. And, and, and Blue, Guy, Blue Sky Gallery has a membership program? Yeah. What, what does that mean? What does somebody get from being a member? Um, Blue Sky has a long, it's too bad I didn't bring anything here to show you, but we have a long and dorky history of membership objects. But obviously that's not the entire point of membership. <laughs> although it is entertaining. We also have a um, print membership program um, that starts at $150. So with that, you um, get your membership and you're supporting Blue Sky. And then you're also um, getting a print to take home with you that's been donated by our artists, which I just really um, want to emphasize like what a big deal that is for an artist to donate their work so that mm -hmm. we can support the organization. Um, so we, we never really, we never take that lightly. Um, but yeah, I mean, membership, it's about, or any donation is about 
supporting the artists and the organizations that you believe in. Is Portland a good city for photography? I hear most from our artists that are visiting um, from outside of Portland or from Oregon that it that it's a really rich place. And I do think that Blue Sky has a big part in that, that we sort of established a photography uh, community or, you know, we were part of of, of the groundwork and I'm not going to say we created it, but um, having us as a present presence helped the photography community here. So I think it's a really um, rich and um, supportive community. Um, we have other organizations like Photo Lucida and like Camera Works, um, Portland Darkroom, um, you know, but the other side of that is there's also been closures, new space, um, Center for Photography as the primary one that closed about a year ago, um, which was a, a real loss to the community. So I think it's just that balancing place of of the arts in general, which is, you know, there's um, enthusiasm, but is there enough dollars? And, and, and Lisa, one last question. Is there is there an exhibit uh, coming up that you're excited about? There are a zillion <laughs> exhibitions coming up that I'm excited about. I think the one I'm most excited about um, is an exhibition called In Transit, and it features um, five artists who have all um, themselves experienced uh, displacement, primarily through war. And um, it's a show that examines uh, the experiences of people who are sort of thrust into a culture that's not their own um, through immigration. We're really excited for the opportunity to have this work. We're going to have it for two months in November and December and uh, have the opportunity to sort of um, live in those conversations for a couple of months. So I think that's my most excited. Lisa DeGrace is the executive director for Blue Sky Gallery. Thank you so much for coming in to talk to us. Thank you. Special thanks to Beneficial State Bank which believes that banks should nourish our communities, not extract from them. If your organization or business is interested in underwriting our show, please email phil at mediamakingchange.org. The Nonprofit Happy Hour is a production of the Media Institute for Social Change and KXRY Radio, X-Ray FM. Our host is Phil Bussey. Our producer and editor is me, Rachel Miller-Howard. Archives of past shows can be found on our SoundCloud page. Questions, comments, or ideas about the show can be sent to info at mediamakingchange.org. Thanks for tuning in.